Rusty Quill presents. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hanging Sloth Studios presents Clockwork Bird or the Modern Icarus. Hang on, let's go to the bathroom. Bugger, hang on. Let me just... Okay, cool. What were you saying? Can I help 
you with anything, Shelley? Oh, yeah, right. Play me the clip again. I just thought of something. Playing your saved clip of Subject 42, Extract 904. Would you like me to play it again? No. Okay, see, look, I was thinking it was like one consistent sentence, you know, like concentrate little bird, but I don't think it is. I think it's like bits, pieces shoved together. I know Taylor said the distortion is part of the original recording, but what if they're, I don't know, strung together clips of somebody speaking that then get run together? Not extracts of a conversation, but you know. I don't know the number, but there is a number. Eliza, what do I do? Do I answer? I'm sorry, Shelley. I'm afraid I don't understand the question. <sighs> well, that's that then. I'm going to call it back. Hello? Hello, you just called this number. Who is this? Okay. Rude. Wait. Wait, what the fuck? What is recordings number two? Recordings number two is a file originating on this computer's hard drive. No, it wasn't there before. Eliza, when did this get here? You added this file today at 2.42am. I'm sorry, Shelley. I'm afraid I don't understand the question. Come on, Dave, pick up. Come on, come on. Shelley? It's the middle of the night. What's going on? Has a file called Recordings Number 2 just appeared on your computer? What? Like, just now. Did you send it? Was this you? What are you talking about? I was in bed. You woke me up. Thanks for that, by the way. Oh, God. I thought you were in Brighton. I thought you'd thrown in the towel. You were clearly super eager to destroy my laptop then. Oh, you called it quits on a Friday night. I was already at home. I thought it could wait till Monday. Wait until Monday? Are you crazy? I've been getting spooky distorted phone calls identical to the weird sounds on those recordings that just appeared on your desktop a few weeks ago. And I've been recording basically everything since I started working with you. And you think that can wait until Monday? Fine. Jesus. I can go to the office now if you like. No. Don't. Make your bloody mind up. I still have the laptop. Okay. And you definitely didn't send recordings number two? No, I didn't. It wasn't there, and then I got a phone call, and it was. From the same number? No. I don't know. It was a number, though, not just an unknown ID. What number? I'll send it to you. Okay. What should I do? Honestly, ditch your phone. And the laptop, any way you can. Throw them in the sea or something. Go home and forget about all of it. I can't do that. Why not? You seemed keen to get out of the investigation two days ago. I know, but I can't. You're right, I'm involved. Too involved. It's not too late to turn back. You said the other day that you tried to keep me on the peripheries, but you didn't have to get me involved at all. And the chief started sniffing. You had opportunities to get me out of this, but you didn't. Why? I don't know. I know you wanted to find Alice. But none of this has ever been about finding Alice, has it? She's on the tapes, but they aren't about her, really. I don't know. It might have been a mistake, I'm sorry. 
Have you listened to the, all the original files yet? No. There's one left. Listen to it. Why? Because you care. Of course I care. I'm not a mindless automaton. Just do it. And then, honestly, take my advice. Get rid of your phone and your laptop and put this to bed. I don't think I'll be able to. That's your call. Eliza? Hi, Shelley. Can I help you? Send Dave the number that just called me. OK, Shelley. Can I help you with anything else? I didn't mean anything by that mindless automaton comment, by the way. You're a real... AI assistant. It wasn't directed at you. OK, Shelley. <sighs> yeah, fuck it. Why not? Let's just listen to the last bloody recording, then. Playing file now. The other subjects... Not just the ones you were trying to rob in FI, but all of them. You did both. I designed the nets for the dementia research initially, and it was Darwin who saw the potential to use them to test his and Sam's limbs. Whilst Juco seemed willing to throw money at my dementia research without care for the results and outcomes, it wasn't enough to cover building new sets of synapses for me to use exclusively for that. As you can imagine, there is not a huge surplus of suitable beating heart cadavers. So, Sam and Darwin recruited you, but neither of them really cared about your research? Sam didn't, not beyond what he needs to know for the limbs project. Darwin, being a neuroscientist himself, he took a little more of an active role in that aspect of our research. What's like, he helped you prod them? No but we worked together to theorise potential methods of testing. Whilst he was a neuroscientist that had spent some time practising, he was interested in computers and coding. That was how he first came to be involved with Yuko. Before the synapses were created, he was interested in writing a code that could do the job of the synapse. That code eventually developed into the synapses. It's surprisingly lengthy, considering the beautiful simplicity of the nerve cells they are attempting to mimic. I don't have an awful lot of experience in the area, but I have enough to know how beautiful the code he'd written was. So he just sort of woke up one day and decided that was what he was going to do? Damn. Not exactly. I think Darwin's motivations are similar to those from many people who choose to get involved in medicine. It comes from an impulse to help others, but there is something selfish at the heart of it. For me, it was my father. I wanted to fix what happened to him. I can spin it in other ways if I like, and I do believe that, in the end, my intentions were pure however marred you believe the outcomes. From wanting to help my father, I learned to want to help other people suffering from the same condition. Not just them, but the people around me. In the families of dementia patients, I saw my own family. I saw myself. For Darwin, I think it was his accident that motivated him. When he was 16, he came off a motorbike and severely broke his arm. The damage was extensive, and two of his fingers were paralysed as a result. The way he told me about it, he said that it fascinated him, as there had been no damage to the hand itself, only the arm above. It made him realise how complex the body was, how complex communication between the brain and the body really is. Like many teenage boys, he was interested in computer games and became fascinated with the idea of AI. And also Moore's Law. Moore's Law? That's the idea that computers will just get faster and faster exponentially, right? That's correct. 
Darwin, like many others, conceived of a possible future in which computers exceeded human capacity for intelligence. A lot of people conceptualise this future and imbue it with fear. AI dominating the world, humanity bringing about its own destruction. But Darwin didn't see it like that. From his perspective, humanity had always used technology to shape itself. In the idea of AI powerful to exceed the processing power of the human brain, Darwin saw not a world of hyper-intelligent robots that held dominion over humanity, but of a humanity reinforced by technology. He described himself as a radical transhumanist. Transhumanism. That's like to do with cyborgs and uploading your brain onto a computer and is nothing to do with transgender people, right? Yes, that's right. And well, cyborgs. What is a cyborg if not a human partially constructed from non-human pieces? Yeah, I realise that was kind of a stupid way to phrase that when I'm sitting next to one. For a while, just as Sam and I did, Darwin believed that in Robin we had set in motion the wheels that would revolutionise humanity. Not only had we created what might reasonably be called a, a cyborg, but we had transcended death. This was always at the heart of his goals, I think, to some degree. He talked of people as scattered thoughts and memories, and when we discussed dementia, he was as horrified by its process of abstracting someone from themselves bit by bit with as much as I was, even though he'd never known anyone personally suffering from the condition. He believed, thoroughly, that more than our bodies, human beings are our minds. The worst thing about death for him was the end of thought. Naturally, as the situation with Robin progressed, Darwin was hugely disappointed. We had not restored him at all. A few weeks before he left, we had a wild conversation where he was talking about putting a net of synapses in his own head, seeing if there was a way it could be used to communicate thought into data. It was out of the question, of course, and he knew it as well as I did. More than anything, he couldn't convince himself it would work. He agreed it was more likely he would end up something like Robin. Something like Robin? The net of synapses, whilst perfectly adequate for working with deep brain stimulation to test the limbs as Sam and I did, was not working the way I had hoped. My original thesis had been that the net could reconnect areas of the brain that no longer communicated to one another. In a way, it did do that, and that's what is occurring in Robin's brain. Or at least, that's what was occurring before all of this happened. Describing the synapses as artificial synapses, or even as artificial nerve relays, is at once giving them too much credit and grossly oversimplifying them. A nerve cell is not simply a piece of biological electrical wiring. To send a simple command from the brain to the hand requires hundreds of processes. The body is uniquely capable of doing this. The routes nerves take to reach their destination are not always straightforward and all the most initiative, but what they do is elegant, the most beautiful product of millions of years of evolution. Every synapse must interpret messages sent down a relay of nerves converted into something it understands, basically reinterpreting that information as code, and then it translates that information into the message it needs to send along to achieve the desired result. Darwin ran into issues early on. 
People misinterpreted what that meant. They thought it meant we could encode people's thoughts, but of course that's not what we were doing. Even my nets of synapses, they could be coded in a specific way that we could get out subjects to breathe independently and perhaps, I hoped, more. Our understanding of the brain is just too rudimentary for the leaps and bounds that have been made in our understanding. We still know so little. The synapses can only serve as one synthetic synapse, and the brain has as many as a thousand trillion by some estimations. Which areas we were able to connect up were random, nonsensical, and totally accidental. There can be no rhyme or rhythm because we barely have a basic grasp of the language in which we are attempted to communicate. In short, Alice, my idea was terrible and it was never going to work. So why did they even bring you on board? Looking back, it should have been clear to me what was going on. They needed money. Darwin's refusal to allow Yuko to own the patent for the synapses meant they barely broke even, and his other project, Coding AI, could net large deals with major companies, but machine learning he designed was so good the AI could maintain itself without significant reinvestment from those companies. The Limbs project, with Salmon's involvement, it stood the chance of being incredibly lucrative. At the time, I barely thought of it. I was young. I was ambitious. I was not ready to give up. Yuko knew all of that. That's why they kept funding my project to keep me. The design I'd come up with could pass for what they needed to use it for and little else. They knew it, but I refused to see that. I refused to see my own hubris, and I refused to acknowledge that they were leading me by it. Again, as is always the case with Robin, it is a great irony that, in these moments of thinking that I had done the impossible, I finally realised just how impossible it was. Still, we held our breath until it became clear what Robin was. So why did Darwin leave? It was the singing in the end. The singing? Oh yes, he sang our little bird. Well, a humming really. But now and then he'd remember a few of the words. The song you hummed to him sometimes. That song. Yes, I never did know what it was. Why was that the thing that pushed Darwin over the edge? It was clear by that point that Robin could never restore full cognitive abilities. He could do a lot for himself, functioning on the level of a young child, but there was a point where he stopped progressing. He could understand language to an extent and hold some very basic conversations with us. He had trouble with his memory, which should come as no surprise, and would often forget where he was and what was happening, sometimes right in the middle of an activity. Sometimes when that happened, he would become disturbed. It must have been frightening, I suppose, to have everything stripped away like that. I can't imagine. But the singing? Yes, uh, it would happen sometimes in these moments of distress. He'd start humming that tune to himself, rocking gently as a kind of soothing stimulation. And that freaked out Darwin so much he just left? Not exactly. Darwin had met Robin once before. Before this? Before he was ever subject 42. Oh my god! Yes, he had been nervous at first that it was Robin that had been the one to wake up of all the possible subjects of the three we had been testing on at the time. Before he died, Robin Yeager was not a well man. He was deeply troubled and dealt with various mental health issues. Ultimately, he took his own life. He took his own life? 
Jesus Christ, you... He is this now, and he'd taken his own life. You brought him back, and he explicitly, definitely wanted to be dead. You let him go on like that, even though you knew. Generally, when people die by their own hand, they have a mental illness that is affecting their judgment. This is an incredibly thorny ethical issue. I believe everyone deserves the right to live. I believe that, unless expressly written, everyone deserves attempts at resuscitation. I believe that people should have the right to exercise autonomy in the end of their lives, just as they have the right to exercise autonomy for the rest of it. But I also think mental illness impairs your ability to clearly make such decisions. Wanting to bring about your own death is not wrong or abhorrent, but it is often the consequence of illness. It is a symptom. And when people who feel that way are not sufficiently supported, the illness takes their life. It is never an uncomplicated thing. Never. I didn't mean that. I never meant to imply that it was straightforward. I'm sorry. No, it's it's fine. I'm sorry too. It all comes back to death, I suppose. The totality of it. The wholeness of it. It's one of two things, really, isn't it? Either it's bad and should be feared because it deprives us of life, or it is an unknowable nothing. Blank. Neither good nor bad. I can see it really clearly, you know. The kind of thinking that leads you to feel you can't bear to wake up to see another morning. That's all death is, really. Life. Oh, life accumulates. And every day we get more and more experiences and they add up on top of each other into this thing we call life. But you can't accumulate death. It just is. Full stop. It doesn't add. It ends. I'm surprised. What, that I'm not a total airhead? No. That your opinions on this are so well-formed and sophisticated. Sounds an awful lot like what you thought was I was a total airhead. I never thought that. Well, good. What you said about Robin wanting to be dead, it struck me so hard because it is so similar to what Darren said before he left. What did he say? He said that Robin would have never chosen this for himself. He said that few people would. He said that we had connected him to parts of himself that were bad and frightening, that there was suffering he was experiencing that we couldn't understand and that Robin could no longer understand it either. When he met Robin before he died, he was cognizant, able to communicate reasonably, coherently. The root of his illness was in trauma. He was working through it, trying to process it. I suppose what happened was that it all became too much and he could no longer conceive of being able to get to a place where he could reconcile what happened. I don't know that for sure, but that is what I have to assume. The singing, Darwin said, it meant that Robin had an echo of what had happened to him before he died, the ghost of that trauma that we had reconnected him with. Only now it existed removed from everything, removed from the source of the trauma, a psychological phantom limb. Why would singing a song mean all of that? Because Darwin had heard him sing the song before. Or rather, 
he'd heard someone else singing it to him. He was in a moment of intense panic and distress. The song was a way to calm him down. So if he remembered the song... He remembered the fear, but he didn't know why. He didn't understand it. It was completely and utterly removed from all context. There was nothing we could do to help. My ex would have a lot to say about that. I'm sorry? She's a child psychologist. Deals with a lot of people who don't understand the stuff they've been through or why their brains behave the way they do in ways that don't make sense. Didn't it occur to you to talk to someone like that? No, it didn't. End of recording. Oh, Alice. I don't think I'd have helped. I have no idea about half of the stuff you're talking about. I'm sorry. Is that why it's me? Is that why Dave kept me? Yes. It is. He thinks I can help. Alice thinks I can help. Can I help? How? Is there anything else I can help you with, Shelley? You see? That's exactly my point. Clockwork Bird or the Modern Icarus is a podcast distributed by Hanging Source Studios under a Creative Commons International Sharealike license. This episode stars Daisy Major as Shelley, Gary Major as Dave, Jesse Jeffrey as Alice, Alex Pilaba Richardson as Sophie, and me, writer, director, and producer Pippin Ada Major as Eliza and the Snake. As a new podcasting studio, Every like, share and recommendation means the world to us. The podcast is written, directed, performed, edited and produced on no budget and only exists through the incredible time and energy all of our actors put into the show for absolutely no fee. Stop by to say hi to us on Twitter at Hanging Sloths. We're always up for a good chat. Or visit our website, hangingsourcestudios.wordpress.com where you can also find transcripts of all of our episodes. Consider sponsoring us at patreon.com forward slash hanging studios to help us keep making the podcast, support our cast, and get access to behind the scenes content. That's patreon.com forward slash hanging sloth studios. Concentrate, little bird. We see you, little birds. Concentrate. Concentrate. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.